1: In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com.
2: This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently.
0: On this episode, cryptid researcher Lyle Blackburn recounts the chilling details of an encounter with the Lizard Man, the true story of the
3: Bishopville Monster. Christopher Davis, you know, panicked. He jumped in the car, started it up, and whatever this thing was really was out to get him, apparently. So it jumped on the car, it tried to grab him. He could see these long black fingernails coming from these hands, grabbing at him as he started up the car and began to race off.
0: This podcast is supported by Paranormal Contractors. Check out their YouTube channel, Paranormal Contractors, for things that go bump in the night.
2: Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serres, Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs, here's Richard Serrett.
0: Welcome to your Friday. Lyle Blackburn, the author of The Lizard Man, the true story of the Bishopville Monster, is standing by. We have but a few days left here in Greece, and then we'll be heading to Athens Monday to catch our flight back to Toronto. It's uh, quiet now here in Kalamata. Most of the tourists have gone home. Uh, Even the feral cats, which greeted us when we first arrived, have made themselves rather scarce. A few shout-outs to loyal listeners, Glenn Delves, from Dublin, Ireland writes, love the show, it's my new favorite. Well, thank you, Glenn. I also strongly agree with your political views. Keep fighting the good fight. I also have two boys aged nine and six. I'm a firefighter paramedic here in Dublin. I listen to the show on my Bluetooth earpiece as I work my daily station duties between turnouts, fire and ambulance calls. Take care and keep up the good work. Thank you again, Glenn. Uh, Mike Stewart says, Hi, Richard. I'm located in Duffield, Virginia, and I listen to your podcast on my commute to work and at my place of work. Thank you, Mike. Uh, Peter in San Pedro, California. Hello, Richard. Your shows are tremendous. I listen to you through my TuneIn app. I get your radio program, The Rock and Roll Twilight Zone, and your Conspiracy Unlimited podcast downloaded directly to my Android. I look forward to listening to your shows weekly. You're a great host, and your knowledge is incredible. I'm blushing. (laughs) Thank you for what you do. God bless you and your family. Thank you, Peter, in San Pedro, California. So, when my one son, North, overheard me saying I'd be interviewing Lyle about the Lizard Man, he said, Lyle is going to be talking about Mark Zuckerberg? The kid is only 11. I didn't prompt him. He's a very clever boy. Actually, I had no idea Zuckerberg's nickname was Lizard Man. No, this is not about Mark Zuckerberg. It's about an actual lizard-type humanoid creature that terrorized a young man and others down in Lee County, South Carolina in the mid to late 1980s. Lyle Blackburn is a native Texan known for his work in writing music, film, and cryptid research. He's the author of several acclaimed books, including The Beast of Boggy Creek, The aforementioned Lizard Man, and Beyond Boggy Creek. Lyle Blackburn, welcome to Conspiracy Unlimited. How
3: are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me.
0: How did you get interested in this particular cryptid, The Lizard Man?
3: Well, it was one that I had read about in quite a few cryptozoology books over the years. And uh, once I started doing some research and writing books on these subjects, it was one that I wanted to turn my attention to. So I actually was doing what I called the swamp tour. I was going around the southeast U.S. to various swamps where there had been strange sightings of cryptid creatures and in the process of that, I went to Bishopville, South Carolina, where the stories of the Bishopville Lizard man originated. And uh, once I got there, I found out it was uh, you know more to the story than meets the eye, so I just really became interested in in that particular cryptid.
0: And people down there in Lee County uh, were they were they anxious to talk about it? Were they hesitant? Did you had to did you have to pry it out of them?
3: Well, I think it's like any of these cryptid cases, you know, a lot of the folks that live in these areas are, you know, completely uninterested or, you know, believe it's all, you know, hubbub. Uh, But there are a few that that take it seriously, uh, you know, even if it's in terms of their culture, you know, a story uh, from their area. So I found that, uh, you know, uh, there was enough People interested in speaking about it, that that I could get the full story.
0: Now, before we get into the actual sighting back in 1988, let's let's go down to Lee County. Describe Lee County in terms of obviously there are a lot of swamps there, but just kind of give me an overview of of Lee County, South Carolina. Where is it located in the state, and so forth?
3: Well, it's kind of in the central part of the state, uh, near Sumter. Um, Bishopville is is a very rural area. I mean, this is South Carolina, so it's got the typical layout uh, of woodlands and, uh, you know, farms and pastures, kind of alternating like that. Um, there's a lot of low areas in that uh, north-central part of South Carolina, so you do have swampy areas that alternate in those woodlands. Um, you know, Bishopville, the town, it's uh, it's a you know, it's a little larger than some, but it's really just something you'd pass through and, and just barely notice. Uh, you know, there's no, uh, there's not a lot of tourist attractions or, or too much along those lines. So it's something that people who live in the area would pass by, but it's not on the route of, you know, general highway destinations. Um, but, it, you know, it's, it's ultimately a very uh, beautiful place. Um, the scenery you know, if you want to get into the woods or the antebellum architecture of the old homes, um, you know, really a scenic and, and beautiful part of America.
0: All right. So back to uh, the, the the case study here, 1988. Uh, what time of year was it?
3: Uh, this all happened in the summer um, and it kind of broke in, in a various strange sequence. But, yeah, it was is mostly around... Uh, Late June and July of 1988,
0: and it starts with a local uh, teenager, Christopher Davis. Uh, walk us through what happened.
3: Well, you know, in some ways, the the Christopher Davis sighting is the focal point and the most sensational. But it actually started a, f- a few weeks prior to that, and that and that's kind of the interesting thing. Uh, the Lee County Sheriff's Office there got a call from some individuals who lived near or Swamp who said they got up that morning and their car appeared to be uh, damaged and it looked like an animal had done it. So, you know, that was kind of a confusing thing. So sheriff, the sheriff at the time, Sheriff Liston Truesdale, sent a couple of deputies down there. They went down there and investigated and sure enough, it looked like uh, some significant car damage and animals had done it. So they called the sheriff down there and said, you know, Hey, you need to come look at this. We're not sure what to make of it. When, uh, Truesdale got down there, uh, you know, he, he also confirmed that there was animal hair. There was some kind of tracks. It looked like something had either been fighting or something, uh, something had gone on there. And in the process, their car was damaged. And so as Truesdale started asking around uh, some of the locals that started showing up and and such, and even uh, some of the local reporters, uh, people suggested that, well, hey, maybe this was the lizard man. And the sheriff, you know, said, well, uh, what do you mean the lizard man? And people said that, well, people around here have been seeing some sort of a large brownish or green humanoid-like creature in the swamps. And we call it the lizard man. So that's that's kind of what started it right there. And, and the sheriff, you know, wasn't convinced there was a lizard man, but he kind of put out the word that if anybody knew anything about this, to please come to the office and speak to him. And like I said, in the meantime, the reporters had run run a few articles about the car damage and that's what ended up getting Christopher Davis to come forward a couple of weeks later.
0: Ah, now, before we get to Davis, just a couple of details. Just, can you describe the damage to the car? What are we talking about, dents or scratch marks? Uh,
3: in this case, there was scratch marks. Um, a lot of the trim had been ripped off. Um, uh, the car was you know, somewhat dirty and dusty, and you could see footprints uh, on the car, um, and as well, there was footprints, larger footprints leading off into the woods. Um, you know, the car, uh, y- you know, it, it, it wasn't, it didn't have bite marks or anything like that. But it was definitely, you know, dented and, and the trim ripped enough to where, you know, this wasn't just your average, you know, you know this wasn't a, a dog or a cat just simply jumping on the car or anything like that. This was much more significant.
0: Right, and, and you mentioned the presence of some sort of animal hair uh, as if uh, two creatures that had been in, in some
3: kind of uh, a fight. Right, that's kind of what it appeared, and, and they they could see that there were what they thought were maybe fox prints or something, uh, in addition to something larger, which uh, some on the scene surmised may be that of a bear, although they didn't look quite like a bear they just weren't sure but it looked like you know possibly a fox and and some other creature that was larger so really the
0: the, there is no connection to the lizard man with this particular incident but what it did was it served to bring another witness to an actual lizard man sighting to the fore is that the idea
3: yeah, basically, this this was the first time, you know, the police heard the mention of, of this so-called lizard man. And by the word getting out and, and whatever the reporters ran in the newspaper, that's what sparked, you know, the this whole thing that was about to go down. And that's what brought uh, a young man into the sheriff's office a couple of weeks later.
0: And that is 17 year old Christopher Davis. What happened right. to young Chris?
3: Well, Christopher came in, and he was with his father. And they said, you know, Sheriff, you know, we got something that we feel like you should know. It, it it may or may not have anything to do with the lizard man or the car damage, but you know, as we've you know talked to people and seen this, we feel you should know the story that Christopher Davis told Sheriff Truesdale that day. He said that uh, a couple of weeks prior, on June 29, 1988. He was working late at a fast food restaurant in Bishopville, and it was about 2 a.m. Uh, he picked up some food to go after his shift, and he was driving through the, an area on his way home, and he had to go through the area of Scape or Swamp, and as fate would have it, I suppose, he had a flat tire out there and had to pull over and change it. Now this is not the place you want to get a flat tire, you know, it's it's desolate. There was only about one house anywhere near out there. There was no place to go. He couldn't walk home. So he was definitely forced to go ahead and change the tire.
0: Just like he in the said, movies, right? Just like in the <laughs> movies. It,
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean it's almost like a horror movie setup, you know. This is this is, you know, one of those things that we would think is fiction, but you know, presumably real life. But Uh, So he said that about the time he got finished changing the tire, he was putting the jack and the old tire back in his trunk, he looked up, and in the moonlight, he could see something coming at him. And it appeared at first to be perhaps a person. It was upright on two legs. Now, at 2 a.m. in the swamp, that is scary enough. Uh, so, you know, immediately he's, he, he starts to get scared, start to get make his way back into the car. And he said, but as this thing got closer, he could tell that it was not a person. He said it looked to be, uh, you know, brownish or green. It was possibly covered in scales. It was maybe seven feet tall. It walked upright and he, it had the distinct characteristic of having three fingers And Christopher Davis, you know, panicked. He jumped in the car, started it up. And whatever this thing was really was out to get him, apparently. So it uh, jumped on the car. It tried to grab him. He could see these long black fingernails coming from these hands uh, grabbing at him as he started up the car and began to race off. In other words, he's Uh, got the
0: windows rolled down at this point.
3: Probably, you know,
0: South Carolina in the summer, you're not going to roll the windows up.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, they were definitely down and, you know, kid probably couldn't afford a car with the fine air conditioning. So, uh, you know, he, he started driving away and managed to kind of dislodge this thing enough to stay out of its grasp. And it actually fell off of the car. And then he it got up and continued to chase him down the road uh, as he sped up, you know, 20, 30 miles an hour. Uh, it, Presumably kept up pace and uh, almost got back in the car before he could eventually, you know, uh, get away from the scene. And when he arrived home, he ran in the house. He was, you know, distraught, upset, and his dad was awake. And that's that's kind of how his dad got brought into this because obviously he asked Christopher what happened um, and believed well, something. You know, believed something had happened to his son. So his his father was sort of. Uh, a corroborating not a witness but corroborated you know the whole incident right right when they were telling sheriff truesdale
0: now chris wasn't late for curfew and so you know was concocting some amazing story i mean right i mean he was he was not uh there was no reason for him to make up a story he wasn't late for curfew in other words
3: Right, right. Presumably, yeah, there was no, there was no reason for him to come up with something like this. Um, uh, You know, he he was he worked late. He worked the late shift, so it was expected that he would be home Ah, late. Right. You know, if he had a flat tire, he had a flat tire. Right.
0: And and did he drive home with the flat tire, or did he actually manage to get it uh,
3: switched before the lizard man attacked? He had just gotten it switched, so you know, in the process of putting away the the jack and right. th- throwing that uh, blown out tire in the back, that's when when the thing appeared. And, and I should point out, like I mentioned before, he had taken some food to go, and if the window was down, so that's that's something that was there that he did have food in the car um, at the time of the incident.
0: Right? Did he describe the eyes? Did they look like lizard eyes, snake eyes? Uh,
3: Uh, He he didn't describe or I don't believe saw them or looked at them in that much detail. Um, I think he, if I I recall right, he said he he might have saw the eyes glowing. I don't know if that's the glint in the moonlight, but, you know, he didn't. The reptilian part came mostly from the description of the scaly type skin and not so much from, you know, any sort of snake eyes or anything like that. Right, but this thing was seven feet tall. Roughly. Did he
0: describe the build of this? Was it slender? Was it uh, broad-shouldered? Describe the physicality if you could.
3: Uh, It wasn't overly large or bulky. Um, He drew a crude uh, drawing, which he's, you know, accompanied his statement to the sheriff. And in that drawing, I mean, it's very childish, but you can see that the creature is. You know your average sort of adult human type build, maybe even slimmer and and uh, lankier than that. but uh, you know, definitely in the in that zone.
0: Did it have a tail?
3: no, he he did not see a tail. And how about the teeth? Did it bear fangs? he that he didn't go into detail on that either um i think in the tussle he you know mostly got the general the general description of characteristics of it but he didn't you know focus too long on on the teeth and i suppose he he did point out that the fingers had long black fingernails but that's because i mean those were coming in the car window those were trying to grab him so he certainly saw those in you know more close and personal
0: he he must have been out of his mind uh, with fright.
3: Yeah, absolutely, and that and that's why you know again his father took him seriously because you know he, Christopher Davis was, was presumably not an actor, and for him to be that distraught and upset, there was absolutely no doubt that something happened. And even even Sheriff Truesdale, who I visited with at length when I was in Bishopville, um, you know, he, he said. I, the the Christopher Davis was not lying, you know. Now whether this was a lizard man or what it was, you know, remains to conjecture. But he said absolutely that that kid was not lying. Something happened. Something traumatic happened to him. Something came after him that night in Skeapore Swamp. So he
0: and his father. At what point did they go to the sheriff the next morning or that very night?
3: Well, it was two weeks later. So uh, they they just you know it kept it quiet not knowing what to say i mean it sounded so fantastic they weren't like immediately thinking well let's go let's go to the police we're not sure people will think you're crazy so they they kind of just just kept quiet and it wasn't until the newspaper stories about the car damage and the so-called alleged lizard man kind of came in the paper that that's when his father thought you know we we better tell the sheriff about this because you know this could you know there there could be more to this now at a certain point do
0: they administer a lie detector test
3: later on about uh, in august they they did a lie detector test which was administered by the Sumter police captain and that that kind of because a lot of people, obviously, once all this got out and Christopher Davis's story got in the newspaper and it was printed over and over and over, people, you know, were ridiculing him, were accusing him of lying or being drunk. So in an effort to, um, you know, settle the matter, the uh, they ended up giving him a lie detector test, at which he passed.
0: This would be the standard uh, sort of galvanic skin response type test?
3: I suppose so. It uh, you know I don't don't have the exacts but other than the the records that it you know they did administer this this test and he passed.
0: Well, it's Friday. That means it's time for a visit from Christian Cadieux, the real John Constantine from Paranormal Contractors, a division of Crime and Trauma Scene Cleaners. Hey Christian, how are you?
1: I'm doing well, Richard. How are you?
0: Terrific. Great to have you with us. In your experience clearing homes and buildings of unwanted paranormal activity. You've obviously experienced some very unusual things. In one particular case, the job involved a location where some bizarre occult rituals had taken place. Talk to me about that.
1: It was a vacant building It was being used to perform uh, occult uh, ritualistic practices. What was happening was that uh, when the individuals who were going to occupy the vacant building, while they were performing their inspections and they were experiencing some absolutely disturbing and extremely frightening events, from dark shadows moving up and down the hallways to noises that they could not explain from animals, kittens meowing and dogs barking. This is what uh, they were experiencing because apparently at this particular location, the sacrifices that uh, they were using were in fact animals. And uh, we were called in to perform our services before someone came and reoccupied the environment.
0: So this house was being used To perform animal sacrifices as part of some satanic ritual?
1: Yes, exactly. It was, in fact, satanic ritualistic practices. There were pentagrams painted on the wall in animal blood. There were black candles. There was upside-down crucifixes as well. And uh, it was extremely disturbing. It was something which frightened, of course, the new uh, potential inhabitants of the property. So they were all confused as what was going on and could not explain it, and essentially refused to go back into the home until our services were completed and we provided a permanent eradication and remediation of any unwanted presence, especially one as evil as this.
0: Give us a toll-free number if people need to reach paranormal contractors.
1: Our toll-free number is one 866 724 0-8-0-0.
0: Christian D. Cadieux, the real John Constantine. Thanks for this, Christian. Thank you. Paranormal Contractors, a division of Crime and Trauma Scene Cleaners. For more information, visit their YouTube channel, Paranormal Contractors, for things that go bump in the night.
2: Richard has tiny talking insects living in his sock drawer. We have bags and we are living in Richard's sock drawer. (laughs) Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett.
0: Lyle Blackburn, the author of The Lizard Man, the true story of the Bishopville monster, is here. We're talking about eyewitness encounters with this lizard-type creature in South Carolina. There were other sightings after Chris Davis. When did they take place, approximately?
3: Well, um, some of these had occurred previously. Um, for example, once once this kind of started coming out in the papers, and especially with Christopher Davis, you know, once that rather sensational, and dramatic, and horrifying experience got in the papers, everybody in that area began talking about it. Um, uh, one guy came forward and said that about. One year earlier, he had been near the skateboard bridge one night riding his bike, and he stopped there to get a drink. There's a little artesian well that comes out of that. um, the water there. It's fresh water, and he had stopped. He was getting a drink when he looked across the bridge, and over there he saw this large uh, humanoid-type figure uh, standing in the brush, and it was looking at him and uh you know first he thought maybe it was a a dead tree or what but the thing moved and he definitely you know knew it was a living creature uh he jumped on his bike and and rode off obviously scared um another uh gentleman that worked uh in the area and lived in the area said that two years prior in 1986 he was uh, building something on his property near the swamp when he saw Uh, a very bizarre creature behind some trees and he didn't get a great look at it. But, you know, once all these stories came out, he said, well, you know, perhaps I saw it too, because, uh, you know, he'd seen something. And then, then after that, there was some other ones, uh, a, a guy that's a, a crop duster, Frank Mitchell, that lived in the area came and said, as he was taking off one morning out of his little runway, he saw, a apish brownish creature of some sort run across the runway and into the trees. So um, those were some examples, and there was some subsequent sightings that went on there for a couple of more months and even uh, several in the in the years to come.
0: Now this isn't this isn't a, a local phenomenon. It's just not Lee County, South Carolina. There have been, other sightings of reptilian-type humanoids or lizard men uh, in other parts of the country that you've sort of tracked, correct?
3: Correct. Yes, they are, um, you know, there's sightings of these. uh, You know, I've got some in Mississippi. There's some in New Jersey. There was some in um, even Texas. And there was some uh, up in British Columbia. There's even other kind of related creatures like the loveland frog in ohio which you know all added up there they're not a lot of reports we're not talking like the numbers of bigfoot reports here but we definitely have um, examples of reptilian humanoid type creatures being seen throughout north america over a long period of time
0: any uh any reports of someone being physically attacked or an uh let's say a pet or an animal uh being killed by one of these creatures
3: um, the, for the most part, you know, the sightings are brief and while very spooky, the creatures don't seem to be aggressive. Not, not like you have in, in the Christopher Davis incident. Uh, the only other one that kind of has something like that would be the Thetis Lake monster. Uh, the story, a story from the seventies in Thetis Lake, British Columbia, where some boys said they saw this. Um, reptilian type creature come up out of the water and it actually, uh, you know, lunged at them and, and scraped one with its its long pointed fingernail as it as it as they ran off. So I, I don't put a high a lot of stock in that Thetis Lake sighting, but that's really the only other example of, of aggression that I know of.
0: And and the sheriff, uh, I mean, did he? type up of report? I mean, if you were to go into the Lee County Sheriff's Office and ask for that file, would there be references to a lizard man in that report?
3: Absolutely. Um, When I visited him in Bishopville um, several years ago, as as I was working on the book, uh, I had access to all the police files, all the photos, everything. He had a, he had, he was since retired, but he had Taken copies or or even the originals of everything that had been written down or done in the investigation, and I I literally took my scanner over there and scanned all that stuff, and it, it's it's great because in most of these cryptid cases, you don't have uh, usually have a law enforcement that takes it seriously enough to you know even have the witnesses write down anything or do a sketch or anything like that, so. Um, this was one case that was an exception where I was able to actually look at the police reports, and and in the case of one, uh, one sighting which occurred in, uh, in around 1990, uh, several people at once had seen it, and the sheriff had the wherewithal to make them all – separate them all and make them write down their statements, and I'm able to look at their reactions – as they remember them days after the event, not years after. So that that was a uh, really cool about this case,
0: right? And and this caught the national attention, the national media's attention. Didn't Dan Rather report on this?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this this the Lizard Man case has to rank at the top of of media frenzy and uh, coverage. And Dan Rather from the CBS Evening News. Um, interviewed Sheriff Truesdale shortly, uh, you know, probably uh, about 10 days after the Christopher Davis story broke. And uh, shortly after that, Good Morning America literally did a live broadcast from Scape Swamp (laughs) featuring interviews with Sheriff Truesdale and other things. So it, you know, as well as all the regional and uh, newspapers were running articles, the radio, it was just, I mean, it was just crazy. And and whatever happened to young Chris Davis? Well, unfortunately, Chris was murdered, actually. Uh, killed in his home in 2009.
0: Oh, dear. Just a a, a, a break and enter uh, gone wrong, or was it premeditated murder? What happened?
3: Well, uh, Chris, I don't think made the best life choices later in life, and, I, and as far as I know, he got involved in perhaps drugs or drug dealing, and uh, he was living, you know, near near Bishopville at the time, still in South Carolina, when uh, he was at home with his family, and some guys literally just came in the house with a shotgun and shot him. Oh dear. And so it was rather tragic. And in some ways, Christopher Davis, he, I'm sure he never, I'm sure he wished he had never come forward and said anything about that encounter because for the rest of his life, he, he kind of was, you know, the lizard man guy. And I'm sure he had a lot of problems that resulted from uh, people ridiculing him, from constantly bringing up the lizard man story and things like that. And, uh, you know, I don't think he had the, the best of times uh, in his life. And that, that may or may not have played into his involvement with uh, unscrupulous individuals. Oh, I don't know.
0: That's terrible. That is a very tragic uh, story. Um, and and um, Sheriff Tuesdale is no longer with us?
3: Right. He, he passed away a couple of years ago, unfortunately. Um, he was, uh, when I had visited him during my research, his wife had passed away about six months earlier, and they were, you know, married many, many, many years, and uh, he, you know, just uh, from there just died of
0: natural causes. Right, and one has to wonder, given the, the media attention, why wouldn't Bishopville have embraced the lizard man uh, the way that Point Pleasant, West Virginia, embraced the moth man? I mean, it's become a cottage industry. It's become a huge tourist attraction. It, Bishopville, I guess, not interested in going that going that route.
3: Well, no, not so much. And you know, you you find this you find the resistance from town officials. I think even in in the case of the Mothman, I think they had to do some convincing that this would you know bring in tourists or be of interest. Um, Bishopville, other than the South Carolina Cotton Museum, where they do have. Uh, Things on display to to look at, and they've got some lizard man memorabilia. The town itself has been very standoffish about this. You know, they they've they've played it into some of their like cotton festivals, where they have a lizard man dressed up, and they they kind of do it in a playful way. But um, it's really only been this summer they actually had a lizard man festival, which was organized by someone who doesn't live in Bishopville who saw the value of this and and tried to you know get something going because you know like the Mothman it's it's relatively famous to those that follow these kind of mysterious monster cases so perhaps in the future that uh, this festival thing will get you know, more attention and build up to the level of where Mothman is.
0: Uh, what about, uh, I, I believe it's the Cherokee that are uh, one of the major uh, um, Native American nations in that state. Any Anything in the Cherokee legends about a lizard man?
3: Yes, and, and in fact, that's one of the more kind of spooky and interesting things about this because if you look back uh, to some of their legends or, or stories and tales – uh, from the tribes that lived in that South Carolina area, they do describe a race of what they called uh, a race of beings or men that had come from the sea, and they described them as being scaly and uh, you know presumably reptil- reptile-like, and they had what was uh, described as these short, uh, foot-long, hard, rigid tails and they said that they had to like usually dig a hole or sit on a log in order for them to sit comfortably as they uh, you know were were on land and they said they would occasionally come up uh, and be seen in, in the in the forest there until such time as the the fish dried up and then they no, no longer saw these beings anymore so i mean if you look at this you you're you're essentially getting sort of a lizard man type creature report, you know, all the way back to, to Native American times. And for the coincidence, you, you know, there's no way Christopher Davis or any of these other folks would have even known about this stuff um, at the time. So it's it's quite, uh, you know, coincidental or ironic that reports so many years later in modern times of a lizard man would originate from the very same area where these Cherokee legends existed, and and what
0: about uh, is there a possible connection between the lizard man and the the reptilians? This race of aggressive aliens that some people believe, uh, some UFO researchers believe, inhabit sort of the inner Earth. Uh,
3: that they've they've always been here. Well, cer- certainly that that comes into play. I mean, when when you in in terms of of a cryptozoology case where you're dealing with a reptilian humanoid, it's not quite as clear cut, um, and you do uh, have those theories or you know possibilities of the creature being something other than just some some you know you know extant or relic dinosaur of some kind, and uh, the beliefs that the subterranean creatures uh, living underground that perhaps, you know, surface and would be seen as something to look at in this case. And I kind of researched as far as caves and entrances to the, you know, to the underworld there. Um, there, There's not a lot of cave, uh, caves there in South Carolina. So, um, you know, but, you know, it's all pure conjecture and certainly something that, if we presume these people saw something of this description how in the world do we explain it you know right
0: right the problem i would have uh, drawing a connection between this reptilian race of of extraterrestrials uh is that this lizard man sounds rather primitive uh and and the cherokee legend has you know eating fish and so forth uh my my understanding of the reptilian race is they're a fairly, you know, technologically advanced uh, species of aliens. Is that your understanding?
3: Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I think the fact that this creature, you know, is being seen in a very dreary and rugged swamp-like environment where you would find uh, perhaps – you know, creatures that that would could stay relatively hidden. It would be kind of strange that, you know, that's where the alien race would choose. Um, I also don't find any uh, corresponding UFO activity. Uh, you know, with the sightings, you know, some of these cases, you know, you have a flurry of UFO sightings or skyward activity, and then suddenly people start reporting you know, everything from Bigfoot to. To reptilians, but in this case, you know, just in my mind, just was very much of a kind of creature from the Black Lagoon in modern times. It was just some seemingly a, a creature of the swamp, and I could find no real connection to extraterrestrials.
0: What are you working on now, Lyle?
3: uh a number of things currently uh, as always uh i'm looking into another sort of famous cryptid case of momo the missouri monster uh which next year i'll i'll be releasing a book i also work with small town monsters which has done a lot of documentary films of these sorts um i usually uh narrate those films. We got a new one coming out October 5th called uh, Bray Road Beast about the werewolf type creature sightings in Wisconsin. Um, and I've got a lot, quite a few uh, appearances coming up. And in fact, uh, in a couple of weeks, I'll be a speaker at the Mothman Festival, as we mentioned. So oh, lots of things going on.
0: And and the Lizard Man, the true story of the Bishopville Monster, still available. You still sign, uh, you still autograph copies, and send those off to folks.
3: I sure do. If you if you get them from my site at lyleblackburn.com, those do come autographed, and uh, uh, always all my books are available there as well as as the other usual places.
0: Got to ask you very quickly uh, about uh, Monstro Bizarro, an essential manual of uh, mysterious monsters. Uh, do you have a favorite of all of the the cryptids that you've investigated which one in there is your favorite
3: well, I think my favorite's always going to go back to the Beast of Boggy Creek, the Boggy Creek Monster, the falcon Monster, uh, the subject of the old movie, The Legend of Boggy Creek, and that—that that was something that occurred close to me. Um, I live in Texas, and that was in Arkansas, and that—that that was the subject of my first book, The Beast of Boggy Creek. So, it, it's always near and dear to me because it's it's sort of my uh, my home legend and the one that sort of got me. That's why I'm on here is because I just decided I should write that book and uh, that kind of got everything rolling. So it's it's the the Boggy Creek Monster is, is my guy. Terrific. And,
0: and people can find uh, all of your books at LyleBlackburn.com, L-Y-L-E, Lyle Blackburn, just as it sounds, B-L-A-C-K-B-U-R-N, LyleBlackburn.com, and just click on Works and you'll, uh, you'll see all of his books there, Beyond Boggy Creek, In Search of the Southern Sasquatch, uh, The Beast of Boggy Creek, and of course, uh, Lizard Man, The True Story of the Bishopville Monster. Lyle, I appreciate your time, thank you so much.
3: Absolutely, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Likewise, my friend,
0: be well. Okay, before I say goodnight to the moon over Messenia, I'm gonna tell you what's coming up next on episode 116.
1: Hey, this is Tony Merkel, host of The Confessionals, a blog talk radio podcast that brings you weekly interviews with eyewitness accounts of strange and unexplained events. From paranormal activity to UFO encounters to Bigfoot sightings, step into The Confessionals as we explore mysterious real-life stories. Check us out on your favorite podcast app or theconfessionalspodcast.com. Many thanks to Conspiracy Unlimited for having me on the air. I'll see you all on The Confessionals.
0: Coming up next, Brad Olson on sacred sites around Lake Huron, plus strange artifacts in the Antarctic. Until then, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now.
2: A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com Blow your mind. That is all for now.